Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 379. We are recording and broadcasting live on Monday, September 20th, 2021. Joining me as always is Bobby Jackson. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? And Michelle Hillard. Hey, hi everyone. Good evening guys, how's it going? Happy Monday. Happy after Emmy's day. Woo. Yep, we uh, we ended up, uh, we're a day late when we were not able to record last night, uh, which kind of worked out in our favor. We were able to watch the Emmys, um, which, hey, why not start there, shall we? <laughs> um, so yeah, the Emmys were last night. Um, I... I've probably said before, I, I like the Emmys. I've, I haven't been like a big, like I watch the Emmys every year kind of person. Um, I would say I'm like that with the Oscars, even the Golden Globes, even though the Golden Globes are what they are, uh, even though that won't be a thing this coming year. Um, I digress. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Emmys were last night, uh, big night. Um, some of the big award winners were The Crown, I think, picked up 11, including uh, drama, drama series and a bunch of acting awards for mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman, Joshua Connor, uh, Gillian Anderson, Tobias Mendez. Um, Queen's Gambit also picked up 11 awards, I believe. Um, I think just after that was Saturday Night Live at 8 and Ted Lasso at 7, if I have my numbers cor- correct. Um but uh, what did you guys think of the show, Michelle? You you are the, oh. I would call you the award show expert here at Flickr Effect. <laughs> <laughs> what what was your what was your take on the Emmys last night? I think for me, my overall take of it was that I actually liked it. I've been liking these award shows that we've had, you know, during and post. Well, still, I guess during COVID. Uh, times I like the smaller uh, settings that seems more intimate. It seems to kind of harken back to when these award shows were first uh, the inception of them, I guess, back in old Hollywood days. I just feel like it's it's a lot more fun, a lot more freeing, I think. And it just kind of feels like you're part of the, the gang. It doesn't feel like you're just looking at a sea of people. It's like, oh, this is a room. And there's like, you know, 150 people in here. 150 people I can kind of... Mm keep my eye on most of them you know it just feels different everybody kind of knows everybody and everybody's schmoozing and talking everybody's just kind of saying oh hey i haven't seen you in forever no yeah you know it's it's fun to see that um and then yeah i mean everybody killed it i think with what they were wearing everybody looked spectacular um i really yeah i don't know jason sudeikis i thought looked really good um and so did dan levy he looked really great too um there was a lot of lot of good stuff last night. A lot of good dresses, but even there seemed to be a lot of like for the women some like more like pantsuit dresses, and they looked really awesome. Um, I don't know. I think Cedric the Entertainer was okay as our host. He wasn't was... a bad host, but he wasn't a standout host. Right. Um, although I did like you know starting everything out with Bismarcky at the very beginning. I thought that was really kind of fun and nice, and pays a good tribute to him. So, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, the reality is honestly, like, television kind of got the nation through the last year and a half. I mean, really, like that's, I think that saved our sanity a lot. And so it was a big kind of like kudos to TV really helped everybody, you know, not go crazy. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think for me, the big standouts, obviously, is that, you know, the streaming um, services were the ones that really were the stands out for the whole evening, honestly, be it for just shorter shows or longer shows or just um, uh, limited series. They definitely were just, they were the kings for sure. And I mean, it's just, it's funny to think that, you know, back in like the 90s and early 2000s, as most recent, you know, like it was definitely more still network television, but in the last 10 years, streaming services have really dominated. And this year was just absolutely no, no surprise that it was just, it was just all streaming services. I think where the, I, there's only a few from networks that even actually, I think got awards, if any, honestly, like, it was yeah, yeah, no, it was Apple, HBO, Netflix. That's that's where it was at. And even just the nominations alone, there's just so many more, you know, Amazon and, yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, I was definitely rooting for Ted Lasso most of the night. <laughs> and I was very happily rewarded with my Ted Lasso wins. I was very happy, not surprised, but still happy. Um I was kind of surprised the crown dominated as much as it did. And I'm not saying anything against the crown, but there were other nominees in most of the categories that I thought were much better standouts. And yeah, that's really all I can say about that. And then I think there's just kind of, again, I think we still have this issue of kind of whitewashing award shows. And there were a few people of color and ethnicities, but it still was really, really few and far between. And there was a couple of people that I really thought should have won that didn't. And I was kind of surprised by that. So You watched Bobby? Yeah. Or did you watch all of it, some of it? What did you think? Uh, it was on. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> it. <laughs> I guess it was there. It was on in the background. I, yeah, I mean, so I feel like I really caught what I needed to catch from it. If there was a, something that looked like it was funny or whatever, I had it to where I could rewind it. And so it wasn't like it was a big thing where I was missing out on anything. So I feel like I watched it even though I didn't play pay super close attention to everything. Um, for me, the awards this season, I guess I just felt sort of um, flat for me. Which is unusual because Emmys are probably one of the ones that I'm most connected to, especially growing up because I watched so much TV. And so I always felt pretty connected to the Emmy Awards, especially. Um, maybe not all that much far off from the Oscars because they're pretty close and neck and neck. But let's face it, you're at home probably more than you're going to the movie. So that's why it tends to be a little bit closer to me. But um yeah, I think this this year, more so than any years previous, I feel like because The Crown dominated, Queen's Gambit dominated, and Ted Lasso dominated, I've not seen any of those shows. Uh, so it's kind of, it was kind of like, I, 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 okay, if you say so. Yeah. So it was, a, I couldn't really get into it because I didn't, I didn't have a frame of reference for any of these things. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm watching and I, I'm, I mostly expected those shows to win. So it didn't uh, feel like there was any really great surprises in that sense. There was a couple, but most of the time it was, 
another show that I thought might win if it if the other ones that were in that category didn't win. So it didn't feel like it was anything too um, uh, entertaining in that respect of being able to see some surprises and something that didn't happen that you thought might happen kind of thing. Um, I will say that as far as just having the show live again, where where there's people attending and being able to, like Michelle said, have that camaraderie and being able to get together and see each other, that was good to see. I, I enjoyed being able to have that aspect of it back again and being able to to celebrate it in that way. It's just that for everything that won, just for me not having seen much, I mean, I think I've seen maybe... Uh, four or five episodes of season one of The Crown. And so, but that's not enough. And especially because it changes every couple of years in terms of who's on there that right. I don't have anything mm. to be able to offer to it. So, yeah, it was just like, um, I appreciate what's what's going on. It seems like a lot of the, the shows that are in the uh, zeitgeist and, and, and being talked about, the water cooler shows, were the ones that really did win. Uh, and to that i guess that kind of undercuts some of the other shows that were still really good but just didn't get a lot of love for whatever reason whether it was because it was genre or maybe not enough of the voters watched these particular shows i think that's why some of them didn't get the the win but ultimately I, i think that um It'll be interesting as we go forward because, as you said, a lot of streaming services were represented in terms of their wins and very few network shows were. So it's I, I want to see the 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 effect of that and, and how long it takes in terms of whatever the effect will be. Does that mean that some of these networks will start to uh, maybe push the boundaries of what they're doing a little bit more? Or does it mean that maybe some of these network um, network giants might go away in some form or fashion? I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see how it changes the industry going forward because of how many streaming services are starting to really show. And the only one that is kind of still thriving, and even now it's a streaming service, would be HBO. But since it's HBO Max, it's kind of like right. a streaming service as as well so right. yeah it'll be really interesting to see how this whole landscape changes in the next few years i totally i totally agree like that's my biggest like i mean i don't think any of these networks are going anywhere but i think it's interesting to think like wow like people are watching the the shows that the networks the major networks are putting out but the thing is is that the shows are those, they're entertaining shows there's absolutely nothing wrong with those shows But I think that with the streaming platform, they really can push so many boundaries. They can ask so many questions of the social situations that are happening in the world. Um, And then obviously just the basic things. They can push language and nudity and all kinds of other like more traditional things that we're all used to now. But I just, I don't know what's going to happen with networks. I don't see them anytime soon allowing themselves to move their lines of how much language or nudity is going to get put into things. And... I think they networks want to try to start questioning things that are happening in society and give more angles from it. But at the, at the, at the end of the line, though, I think there's still people that are chairmen of the boards that are going to constantly keep everybody in check going, nope, don't dance outside of your little space. You know, keep it within the lines here. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see over the next and few years. 
it's still the public airwaves, so they can yeah. only do so much. It's exactly. FCC regulated, so they can't do too much. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. I could easily see a place where they just don't care about awards because they know that they're not going to be able to contend on that front. Yeah. Or maybe they make up some new award just for network shows. Network, or, yeah, I can or see that. Yeah, just, network <laughs> awards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not going to be able to push those kind of envelopes. They're just not going to no, get there. No. It's just not. You're just not going to get that kind of content, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or the last thing possibility would be that they just really start to embrace the reality TV aspect. And that's a cheaper way of them to be it? able to continue doing what they do. Yeah. Well, to a bigger effect and, and less scripted shows that's because scary. those cost money. And if no one's watching it to the degree that they're watching these streaming shows, then I don't see them continuing forward with that as much. So. Yeah, yeah it, it'll be crazy out there for a little while to see what happens. Yeah. So were, were you guys, uh, for example, uh, WandaVision, were you guys surprised that it didn't take home no. any awards? But, I mean, it's in, in total, I think it took home three. But Yeah, but it's like it didn't get it. Uh, for for Paul Bettany didn't get anything none of the directors got anything the writers uh, what's Um, her name Catherine Catherine Hahn Hahn didn't get anything Elizabeth Olsen didn't get anything so none of the acting um, and then none of the directing or the the producing or the writing I don't think I think it was all technical stuff I asked because I I agree with you Bobby I'm not surprised I feel like it's been a common like theme I've been seeing on social media today uh, you know oh WandaVision got the shaft and blah 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 and I'm like I mean you know I liked WandaVision but yeah. I didn't yeah. expect it to win any awards at least not in those categories well and the, and the same happened with honestly the Mandalorian um, yeah. people were upset about Mandalorian not getting things and I'm going to say what I'm going to say and I love Absolutely. Mandalorian and I love the Marvel shows that are happening on Disney Plus I think, unfortunately, for those kinds of shows, they're still they're looked at even within the Emmys, the way superhero shows and Star Wars is looked at at the Oscars. Like they're not taken as seriously, especially given the current environment where all the TV shows are. They're very either really high deep drama or they're really good comedy and like an action show is just kind of and I say action show it's not like one of them is like super action but a superhero show is kind of lost in the mixture and I just don't think it's gonna get the look and respect that it probably should get and at the same time, though, like I look at who they were going up against, and I'm like, oh, they did better. The people who are nominated did better. Like, okay. I mean, and I, that is nothing as Wandavision. I love Wandavision, and I thoroughly love The Mandalorian, but it's just kind of the way it is right now. So it might take a few years before those kind of shows are taken more seriously within the Emmys. Right. They're still relatively new. I mean, The Boys had a nomination last night, and. They could have taken that, actually. I, I kind of could have seen that happening. But at the same time, like, they only had a few nominations. And The Boys is quite good. Um, but still, it falls under the whole superhero category. And so it's like, or comic book, whatever you want to say. And it's still going to have to take some time for that to find its footing, I think, within the realm of the TV space. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that in this case, sometimes it, it sucks to say it. And other times it it applies. And in this sense, in today's environment, like you said, I think this 
particular saying applies, but I appreciate the fact that they even got nominated in the first place because they could have easily not have been and just been completely ignored. Mm. So at least it's a step, it's a baby step towards getting to where they'll actually be recognized and win some awards. And that'll mostly change as uh, the um, voting body changes and maybe younger people come in and nerdier people come in or whatever and start to have their voice being heard as a vote. So it'll it'll happen at some point. But I, I think that it's still, as you said, sort of early stages for it. So it's it's a beginning and we'll see how it, it goes in, in the upcoming years because it's not going away anytime soon. No, for sure not. It's just it's going to take time. It's really the first kind of major. It's the first time that superhero slash comic slash sci-fi kind of shows are done in a more serious light and the fact that they got recognized for that is great and we should just be kind of at this point i think happy for it considering they're all kind of just coming out the gates really in this last year so yeah i'm not mad at it like it's just it's gonna take a few more years and then they might start getting more understanding then like you said as soon as the body starts changing of who's voting That'll be so much better. Right now, it's still just a bunch of older generational white peeps. Hmm. Just saying. David, you never said what you thought. Uh, I was I was just going to say briefly. I uh, super since, cut him off. Since I haven't chimed in. Um, overall, I thought the broadcast was good. Uh, Cedric, the entertainer as host, was, I thought, eh, okay, I guess. <laughs> um you know, they did a lot of these kind of pre-made like comedy bits that they put in these videos they made that I thought were mostly pretty bad, with the exception of one. One oh, was pretty yeah. good. There was one that was good. Uh, most of them were not, were the opposite of good. <laughs> um, Very true. Uh, if anything, and it was weird too. You know, they kind of presented a couple of awards, and then he had his opening monologue, um, which I thought was interesting. It was like a way, I guess, to jump into everything. But then. He, I figured he wasn't really going to do like a full monologue. And then he still, when he still did it though, I was like, okay, I guess he's doing it now. All right, fine. Yeah. If anything though, I kind of liked, I thought Seth Rogen, uh, who I think was the first uh, presenter, his brief comedy bit was probably the one of the best I saw all night and almost acted like a good opening monologue for the show in general, yeah. you know, but um, overall I thought the show was, was good. I mean, I didn't quite finish it. I, you know, living on the East Coast, I needed to go to bed, but uh, I saw most of it, and I thought it was all right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Steph, Seth Rogen was the standout comedically for me, and then it was interesting, um, Aquafina was a pre- presenter, mm-hmm. and she she threw out some shade, and, you know, people were like, oh, she's just joking. I'm like, I don't know. She Maybe, yeah, a little bit, but, like, she threw some serious shade at the... Uh, the television, um, I'm trying to think of what it's called now. I can't think. Um, the television broadcasting system, whatever. That oh, the, like, runs the, the television academy. Yes, yes. So, you know, she kind of made a joke saying, like, you know, they called me and I was thinking, oh, I got nominated for my show. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, but we want you to present. So, yeah, thanks. And it's like, is she being asked to present because she has a show and or is she being asked to present because she's bringing ethnicity and uh, a Marvel-esque side to the situation. And so you could tell she was kind of mm-hmm. annoyed by that. And kind of rightfully so. <laughs> I don't really blame her. <laughs> but big on her, I guess, for going and being a presenter. 
It was just interesting. It was an interesting, like, oh, huh, this is an interesting moment. It was kind of awkward, but in a way, it was kind of like, I'm glad she's made it awkward. She put she put something out there that should get put out there a little bit and call them out a little. So, what's up? Because I'm stupid and love dad jokes, and I was going to say what, well, I wasn't going to say it, but it, it was in my head. I was like, would you say it was awkward Fina? <laughs> But, you know, that's just my dad joke. These are the jokes. All right. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) With that. That was the Emmys. That was was the Emmys from last night. (laughs) Um, Next, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, we got our first full-length trailer for West Side Story this week. (gasps) Um, uh, As you can tell from Michelle's reaction, um, I already know her thoughts on this. But uh, based on her thoughts, I have to go to you first, Michelle. Uh, what did you think of that trailer? <laughs> uh, I guess the best way to to backpedal a little bit is I will say like the original West Side Story is not a musical that I actually enjoy that much to be honest. Like I, I think the music is so so, and that film that because I have obviously I have not seen it on Broadway. I have no idea what it's like uh, in Broadway. Maybe it would blow my mind. I have no idea. But I would say the movie for me when I saw it as a teenager, and I've seen it a few more times since then. It's never really spoken to me, mind you. Obviously, it's just Romeo and Juliet, and I like Romeo and Juliet. I'm a big, you know, softy for it. I guess it's got a little place in my heart. But West Side Story just never really did it for me. But then this trailer comes on, and I'll be honest, like, I got emotional. Like, that looks, it looks really good. Like, just stupid good for a musical. And I am very on board, and I am really looking forward to seeing this. Like, woo! (laughs) Like, Steven Spielberg winning! Like, this is... Um, I'm, I'm definitely down. I do not need to see another trailer. I'm good. They sold me. I was kind of mixed on even seeing this, but now I am, I, I'm ready to sign up for my for my time slot for my movie viewing. Uh, Bobby, I assumed you watched it. What do you think of the trailer? <laughs> well, I'm not nearly as enthusiastic <laughs> about it as Michelle is. I mean, I, I want to see it. I only had just watched West Side Story for the first time, like maybe a couple years ago when I think it was during one of the times when we were like you haven't seen this fill in the blank movie or whatever and so it was something I watched because it was a hole in my um, movie going experience and I wanted to fill that and I liked the story and I thought it was uh, well told and and you obviously see the parallels of what they're going for and and it's kind of weird when you think about how long it's been since that original movie and then you have this movie coming out and oddly not much has changed since the, the original came out in that way of thinking and in the way the 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 division the is so it's almost like you could say it's it's sadly evergreen or, or timely in, in that way so just the fact that it's steven spielberg is going to make me see it just because of his name being attached to it. And as far as what we see in the trailer, I I think I liked what I saw enough to make me feel like, okay, this is going to have my attention. And I want to see if, if it's just a straight out 
updated adapt adaptation where everything is still the same except for obviously it has a different lens to it so to speak with spielberg behind the camera or if there's any kind of subtle slight changes or maybe even drastic changes i wouldn't think that he would do anything drastic but it maybe to make it his own thing he does do something there that uh doesn't quite follow what we've seen in the past so i'm just curious from that standpoint of the story how closely does he adhere to what's been told or if he goes off script so to speak but yeah i'm there for it for sure there's definitely a nice polish about it like just in that trailer that it's just it it's it's got the spielberg polish to it yeah it definitely has a spielberg look as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. Um, I'll no. say that, uh, well, I mean, it probably won't come as a shock. I still haven't seen West Side Story, the original. Um, oh. So I can't, I will not be able to compare this to that. If any, it'll, maybe it'll be interesting for me to watch this movie having not ever seen West Side Story in my whole life. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks great. It, it, it looks very Spielberg, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um uh, I, you know, maybe I don't have quite a similar to reaction since I don't love West Side Story because I've never seen it before. And it's not like I'm excited for it just for that reason alone. But I I think the trailer is solid. I think it looks quite good. So I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, coming to theaters, by the way, on December 10th. And we got. Uh, oh, sound like somebody's. Isn't no, it? I was no. just going to say, is that another one of those movies that are going to be on HBO Max, or is that in theaters only? Uh, that's a good question. That's actually a Disney release, I think. I mean, because it's a 20th Century Fox yeah. release. Oh, okay. So I okay. think it's yeah, going straight sure. to theaters yeah. first. Yeah. 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 Um, we also got a, another trailer uh, for Hawkeye, the, the new Marvel show coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, that is the first episode's dropping on November 24th. It's going to be a six episode run from my understanding. This is of course starring Jeremy Renner and, uh, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, Bobby, what did you think of this one? Uh, this is sort of my jam. So then, you know, I'm looking forward to this for sure. I mean, I've always looked forward to anything, uh, that's superhero in, in the making, just because I feel like this is my time. I, I grew up reading comics. So to get to see anything adapted in live action has that immediate pull for me. And I want to see how it, it turns out. I have not read the, the comic run that it's based off of. But I know at least a little bit about it. So I, I'm curious to see how they adapt from what I know of it into um, this series. And, and, and it does sort of look like a, a slightly different kind of Hawkeye than what we've seen in the, the Marvel movies. This Hawkeye kind of looks like he's more um, John McClane-ish in a way uh, of Hawkeye, where he's kind of the, an everyman but has some skills and and has to uh, work his way out of a situation. And Haley Steinfeld being in it is a a good addition because I have always liked anything that I've seen her in. And she just has this really um, sort of girl next door, but very likable person that you can kind of relate to. And so I think she'll have that aspect of being able to have maybe that – lethal weapon kind of 
older person and younger person and this little unhinged kind of thing going on there. And I just the fact that it's set at Christmas just makes it seem like it's going to be appropriate in a festive way because we'll be entering into November. Then it'll take us into December with that series. I think it just all fits really well. And for them to have timed it out that way, it's just perfect. So the the humor in the in the trailer worked for me. Um, the the way it looks, the shots, everything about it just makes me so curious to see what else we're gonna get. And some of the things that I know that are from the comic that they're bringing into this series was only either very slightly glimpsed or, or not even really touched upon just yet. So I think if certain people go into this feeling one way, they'll probably come out feeling a different way um, based on what all we're going to get from it. Uh, Michelle, I assumed you watched this Hawkeye trailer. What did you think yeah. of it? Um, so it's coming out, I think, Christmas Thanksgiving week, right? Yeah, November 24th is the first episode, mm. I believe. Yeah, so like right before Thanksgiving. Uh, yes, November 24th. It's a six-episode run, so I think the last episode airs like right Christmas. at Christmas or like, <laughs> that week. They didn't time that at all, did they? No. <laughs> um, no, I I'm I've been looking forward to seeing this series come out and I don't know anything of the Hawkeye uh, comic run. Um, but honestly, after just seeing this one trailer, I'm like, I don't need to see any more trailers. I don't want anything else to kind of come out. And the fact that Bobby just said like mm. they kept some things there, I'm like, excellent, good. I don't want to know. I want to just watch the show and see what unfolds. Um, no, it definitely has a different look than the other shows. Like each, I like that each, you know, Marvel show that Disney Plus is putting out has its own look and kind of way about it flow. And this one definitely has a different one than the other three. And I think it looks really good. And I've always liked Hawkeye as a character. And I think that this will be really interesting to kind of see this, you know, kind of wrap up where it left off from him, you know, just before you know after the whole Thanos thing like he went all vigilante so he's got kind of a mess behind him that he probably has to answer for and I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out um and Haley Steinfeld I always want to say it the wrong way Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. I think is a good addition and then I think that they yeah are gonna have a nice little comedic back and forth and I think it's gonna work out really well good chemistry um, so, uh, I'll, I think it looks good. I guess the trailer for me in, in its of itself, it didn't like do anything for me that it like made me super excited for the show. I, if anything, it made it didn't really affect my opinion on it. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the show either way. It, the, the trailer looks good. I, it didn't make me any more excited. Um, I, I'm looking forward to another show. I like you're saying, Michelle, I like that the shows each have a different feel. We've got a couple shows like WandaVision and Loki that, you know, are much more about like, you know, superpowers. And then we have something more grounded, like, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then this, I think it's fun that yeah. it's going to be set in the holidays. It's a yeah. nice change of pace. I, it looks like it's going to be really good. I hope it is. So I'm looking forward to it. But the trailer itself, uh, you know. It's not like it It was able to like tease anything. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know this was coming or that was coming or made me super excited about anything in particular. But I think it looks good. Do you want to see another trailer or are you good like me? Like, I'm like, I'm good. I'm just, I just want I to watch mean, the show. I just want to see it. I, I'm, I don't need to, I need to see this trailer. I would have watched it. <laughs> you know, true. I mean, that's true. Um, 
but I was curious to see like what kind of look this was going to have and to yeah. see her more of her and her role. I mean, I think we've seen kind of teaser images like on set photos of her in costume and stuff, but I was kind of yeah. curious to mm-hmm. see how she was going to look in it. So I wanted to see this one. I wasn't trying to avoid it, but yeah, I pro- you know, I probably won't watch really anything else or at least I won't seek it out. Right. Um, so yeah, that's Hawkeye. First episode, like I said, coming November 24th on Disney+. Plus. Um, we got word this week that a reboot is happening, uh, speaking of Disney+, Plus, for Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is set to direct and produce it. Um, this would be her feature directorial debut, um, which I didn't really think about until I read that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I guess I'm so used to her directing now with The Mandalorian mm-hmm. that for some reason I thought she had already directed a film. No, don't know why I thought that, but anyway, um, I guess this film would be like a reimagining of the '86 film with a female lead. Um, are you guys interested in this? Are you excited about it, Bobby? Oh, uh, Bobby's I was like, "Flight of the what?" <laughs> no, I mean, so that's the thing, right? Is that I watched the original one, but that one was never one I held super dear to me. I, I think I've seen it a, a handful of times. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it wasn't one I went back and rewatched over and over and over again growing up. So uh, to me, it's like uh, if they wanted to go ahead and try something different with it, um, then sure, I, I would watch it just because uh, I'm familiar with the source, the, the original version. But I think the, the, the kind of thing that I'm more interested in and a little bit excited for is just seeing Bryce Dallas Howard get to direct her right. own feature film just because I've seen what she's done with the Mandalorian and obviously seeing her as an actress and, and, and seeing that development of her going from that to this uh, kind of has an excitement to me uh, as far as the way she's really kind of followed in her father's footsteps and, and seeing that being passed on and I'm I'm rooting for it so I, I'm hoping she does good with it so that's kind of where I met with it more so than what it is I just kind of want to see how she does with it and hope she does a good job with it I would agree with that I I liked Flight of the Navigator quite a bit as a kid I mean seeing a reboot of it I mean a lot of the reboot kind of stuff that they've done so far on Disney Plus you know sure I think I could have a reaction like oh this is unnecessary why are they doing this like I don't know the first thing that comes to mm. mind is this Doogie Hauser thing show they have which I haven't watched it I've heard it's good I haven't watched it but I mean I've watched I've seen commercials and trailers for it and I'm like eh, it looks fun and different I mean you know I might I think I had an initial reaction when I just heard that they were even doing that I'm like uh but then I saw some sure. I'm like eh you know what it's fine I mean, it brings I've se- in a new generation, right? It look it looks like it could be a good show, and like you're right. saying, Bobby, it sounds like it could. It is pretty good. I mean, I've seen one or two episodes of the Turner and Hooch show, which mm. that's pretty good. Mm. Um, you know, so with this, yeah, it's not like oh man, I can't wait to see a reboot of it. But I think Disney Plus has a good track record with some of the reimaginings and reboots they've been doing so far. And I don't see any reason this couldn't be good as well. And like you're saying, Bobby, seeing Bryce Dallas Howard direct a full-length film, I'm excited to see that. So, yeah, I'm interested in that respect. Michelle, you seem pretty excited by this project. 
I, I am because I actually really liked Fly the Navigator when I was a kid. We used to rent it over and over again at the video store, mm-hmm. and then at some point, eventually, we'd start like playing a lot on like the Disney Channel, and so we'd watch it a lot. I, I always really liked it. I always thought it was cool that like he was in NASA and he was kind of like kind of held hostage there, and it just was it, it it attracted me when I was a kid. I had a good time with it, and I liked it a lot. Um. But yeah, like a reboot of it, I think is nice. I think flipping it to a different um, gender is nice. But like you guys have both said, like I think having Bryce Dallas Howard really step into a directorial role for a feature film, I think is really exciting. You know, um, again, what Bobby was saying, like what she's done on Mandalorian, she's really good at the connection of the emotions between characters. She really dives into it, and she's really good at getting that story out and getting that connection going between them and then making the connection with the audience. So I think it'll be interesting to see that in a full movie for her. And yeah, there's just, there's a little bit of like, oh, she's following her dad's footsteps. Like it's kind of cool, you know, like, so yeah, no, I'm totally down with it. And yeah, the whole like Disney rebooting, I think they, they've done a pretty okay job with it. They're, they're trying to bring in a newer generation into some of these other things that the newer generation sees the old stuff and they go, eh, but then they reboot it with fresher eyes and kind of go, oh, this is actually kind of entertaining. So just modernizing stuff, I think, from our childhoods that we all enjoyed and making it for the younger generations that are current. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny how uh, when you think about how many things from our childhood are either getting rebooted or remade or or updated or sequelized or whatever and you know it's easy to be like why are they doing this and and blah 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 and but when you really think about it it's like does it really matter that they're trying it again and everything's a money grab one way or the other so why not try it? And if it doesn't work, it's not like it ruined anything. You still have the one that you grew up with and it doesn't <laughs> change that you have that. So right. maybe people don't get to experience the one that you had because uh, this new one isn't what they wanted or didn't like. And they're probably too old to go back and want to watch the old one. So maybe it doesn't catch with this generation, but that doesn't change that you had your Mm -hmm. experience with it and and enjoyed it. So I don't know why people get so bent out when there's something new as if like, as I keep, as I'm saying it, the thing that I keep thinking about in my head is the, the new He-Man series, uh, the masters of the universe uh, that came out with Kevin Smith Mm -hmm. and how many people were so mad. And I sit there and think about, these are probably 40-something-year-old guys yeah. that are so yeah. mad and upset about this. I'm like, really? You don't got anything else going on in your life that you're getting so pissy about this cartoon show that you grew up on? It's like, really? Come on, guy. Like, Truth. Or girl. Get some, get, do something else with your life that you're going to get so upset about this thing. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that it, it's, it's, it's IP at this point. And if you have IP... They're going to try and do something with it because they feel like it, it's it can play on nostalgia and also, like you said, Michelle, bring in a new audience. And so why not uh, roll the dice and see what happens? So we're going to get more of it. It's just kind of like it's a matter of if you want to give it a shot, this new iteration of it, then try and see if it's for you. If it's not, then, you know, see what else is out there. 
You know, one thing we haven't talked about, I don't think we have, that comes to mind in this conversation, and I want to be careful the way I put this because I want to be clear, like, I'm in line with what you're saying, Bobby. I don't have a problem with, you know, these kind of reboots and reimaginings. And then I see the the new series coming to ABC, The Wonder Years. And right. I think it looks fantastic. I'll be honest. I think it looks like it, it could be a really good show. But then I also have a reaction like, I don't necessarily have a problem that they're calling it The Wonder Years, but I almost feel like it could just be its own show and it doesn't need to have an attachment to The Wonder Years. Like it just could be t- called something else. Like, not that I have a problem. Again, I don't have any problem that it's, you know, trying to reimagine or do something different with the same name. It just, it looks really good, but it seems like it's just a different thing. So in a way, like, I don't care, but then I also feel like, I, I guess I get that, you know, you have IP, why not use that IP to your advantage and at least bring in some viewers that maybe wouldn't watch it by throwing the Wonder Years name on it. But that was my first yeah. reaction the time I saw, the first time I saw a trailer for that show. It was like, this looks really good, but why is it called the Wonder Years? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, did, did anybody else feel that way? No, I had the same thought. I was like, this looks really spectacular, but like, they could just name it something else. They can even name it something and then kind of have it like, like an underlying like within the Wonder Years universe or Wonder Years universe or something. I don't know. But it just kind of seemed like the show could just stand on its own two legs. It doesn't need the title of the Wonder Years. is isn't like this looks solid. Like it, 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 it just does. Like it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's on point with things that happened then. And it's on point with things that are still happening to today right. in, in our society. And I think it's an interesting conversation and it looks like it's executed very well. So, yeah, I agree. I was kind of like, does it need the Wonder Years title to it? Like that branding? Like, I don't, I don't think it necessarily needed it. And, and again, I think the show looks pretty good. Bobby, you were going to say. Yeah. So, you mentioned watching it, David. How how did you watch it? The what the the, the trailer? I, no, I haven't seen the show. Just the trailer. Yeah. I'm talking about no the trailer. Just the trailer. How did you watch? it? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. I I saw it somewhere. YouTube maybe. I think I <laughs> sent it to you guys because Dule Hill posted that they, they dropped the trailer because Dule Hill plays the father in the show. Right. So maybe it's not this particular case, but my thought is that. Um, if you went down the road of what you're what you're saying, Michelle, essentially, like let it stand on its own two feet and be its own thing, I wonder how many people would have clicked on it because it's Dule Hill or whatever, as opposed to they see Wonder Years and they click on it and see what it's right. about and give it a shot just based on the fact that that's the title of it, as opposed to if it was just some random show with this black family, would they have even bothered to to click on it to see what it was and to see if they would like it or not? And I, I have the same um, conversation with other friends when it comes to them doing that with superheroes, how they'll uh, put someone other character in another character's role like you know instead of it being spider-man it's this other character now is spider-man or this other character is now thor or this other character is now the hulk and everyone will say well why don't they just give them their own thing and let them be their own thing as opposed to them being this other superhero that you already know and appropriating that name so to speak and i was like well they do 
but no one buys those comics and then they'd fail. So it's a way of at least getting people to get interested in that character. And if they get interested in that character, then they usually kind of will push them off onto their own and give them more of their own identity after having, you know, initially started one way. Mm -hmm. And, but that's kind of the thing is like, you don't always uh, want to even experience something new and you'll fall back on something at least familiar to to kind of have that aspect of okay this is something i understand i can wrap my head around and then kind of go from there and i don't know if more people would have watched this show or given it a chance if it was just named something completely different as opposed to giving it the wonder years name even though i i really do for the most part agree david that um you know that it i don't really see why it would need to be called that other than just the fact that it's a known quantity in that name and they're using the same uh storytelling mechanism of a of a young kid but you know other shows have done that too as well like uh everybody everybody hates hates chris Chris, or you know you have the the new show that the rock does it's sort of the same sort of setup and you know shows have done it before it's just for sure like the goldbergs do it yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, do you have a big enough star to be able to do it on its own, to be its own thing, as opposed to maybe, in this case, naming it something that people are familiar with? Are you questioning I do the wonderful talents of Do Dole Hill? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> well, uh, other than Psych, I don't know. Yeah. Then and uh, the West, West Wing, Wing, how yeah. many people know of all of his stuff? But great uh, actor that doesn't uh, quite have Savage. that star power. Yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. He's still and, and Fred very Savage good. is an executive producer of this show, so he is involved in right. it, and I think directs probably some episodes as well. But so. still doesn't have an image. Yeah, I can see where this synergy <laughs> comes from, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe he'll get, was maybe the best he'll get one. one for maybe he'll get show. an Emmy for that. That was the best one from last night. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. No, I again, I, I agree with that argument. That's what I was saying, too. I understand the idea that why they did it. Right. Just, it was just a gut reaction when I first saw the trailer yeah. commercial for it. Um, yeah. Anywho. Uh, yeah. Anywho. Um, Bobby, I'm going to probably turn to you on this next one. There was news this week about Christopher Nolan's next film. And uh, if you guys haven't heard, if you don't know anyone watching, you know, he, all of his films, I think pretty much all of them or all of them have been released by Warner Brothers. And uh, he's he's had a, a bit of a, a rift with Warner Brothers, yeah. um, considering <laughs> their um, their release format for you know streaming all of their films direct to you know HBO Max. Um, no, you know it, it hasn't gone well. I, I still love I love this quote uh, from him. Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed that the night before, thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio, and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. Um, yeah, he he is not holding back with his, his feelings toward <laughs> Warner Brothers. And uh, he's yeah. moved on, I guess, to Universal. And there, there seems to be some, I guess, you know, agreements he has come to with Universal on how they will release it. And I think you know more about that, Bobby, if you don't mind, like bringing us up to speed. Yeah, so as you sort of set the table... Nolan has moved on from his home that he's pretty much known all of his uh, career. And at this point, there was a big bidding war 
to try and get to land Nolan because you know that I don't well in this case we don't know specifically if he's plans to make Universal his new home or if this is for this particular movie he will do this one and then you know the next one he'll see who else wants to uh, be his next place that he'll go maybe Sony maybe whatever but in in one word that we had heard initially was that Netflix was trying to get him to make uh, this movie for them and they were promising a theatrical run as well I, I suspect the reason why Universal won is because they were willing to give him the most. And in here, I, I have this little snippet that I got from Screen Rant that says exactly what his deal is. And it says, Nolan's deal reportedly includes total creative control, around a $100 million budget, $100 million in marketing, 20% of first dollar gross, and Universal can't release any other movies for three weeks before or after his movie. And his movie will play in theaters exclusively for 100 days and possibly more before it goes to streaming. Wow. I mean, they just bought him the truck. <laughs> they just gave him everything Dude, he wanted. in today's climate, right. they went, okay, look, we got Santa's bag here. What would you like? Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. he's like I want it all. <laughs> They're like, okay, here you go, honey. He didn't leave anything. Wow, <laughs> it's amazing. They yeah. wanted Just Nolan. All of that. God, dang. Yeah. And, I, and that's where I think Netflix probably lost out because they're like, oh, maybe we can do this, that, and the other, but oh, I don't know about a hundred days. Netflix, <laughs> wait, wait, you and, want it out more than two weeks before we release it? <laughs> Oh yeah. And and so it, it's amazing because this story, I feel like, has gotten more shine off of the fact that, one, his deal, and two, that he moved to a different studio. I could ask the two of you, do you even know what his next movie is? I do. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Well, you're like uh, the boy. Nolan file. That's, that's like... <laughs> You're a Nola As I was listening to Nola the score Holic. of Interstellar this evening. <laughs> You're <laughs> well, a Nola this show. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I like him too, so those, but I have no idea. No, so for those who don't know, I mean, because it's kind of everything else is overshadowed the actual right. project that he's yeah. doing. And uh, he's doing a movie based on the person that invented the atomic bomb. It's uh, Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Um, oh, I yeah. didn't know this, but it was back there. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, exactly. Yes. It's not the first right. thing not been, to think about. Yeah, everyone's right now talking about like this story behind it, not so much what it is. It's not like, oh, he's making a fourth Batman movie or something. Man, um, this right, movie right. better pull out, let me tell you. Woo! <laughs> no so that's, pressure. That's the thing. I... I feel like this is an interesting subject, and, and I think it will be very. I, I feel like it will be very good, um, just knowing Nolan and not when he he's trying to do his um, sort of sci fi ish big concept type movie, but something more grounded and and more um, realistic, and, and especially basing it on, on something that was real and a, re a real event, a real person. I think that it has the potential to be not only just a great movie, but also an, an Oscar contender and all that. But what I don't get is his um, 
hard line determination to feel as though the the movie going public is going to turn out for this movie for a hundred day exclusive window. Like at this point, people are almost starting to settle into the idea of the 45 day window, which it's just got half of the 90 day window. So he's going even beyond the 90 day window to a hundred days. Right. And I just don't see how that movie will sustain that life in a theater other than the fact that if he releases it at the right time and it becomes an Oscar contender, then it stays in the theater and people can go see it continuously uh, because it keeps it in the, in the minds of people at that time. But other than that, I just feel like I don't know why he would want it to be out that long in this day and age. My, my interpretation of shorter, my interpretation of that isn't so much that, he he really expects that it'll have legs for a hundred days or, you know, I think it's more, it's, it just, it makes a wider, it's a longer distance for people when they have to think about, Oh, am I willing to wait until this comes to streaming or not? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's always been about the theatrical experience and getting people in movie theaters, yeah. which, you know, with COVID aside, I totally agree with, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with 40, even 45 days, I could see situations, especially with a movie like this, that's not like a big, like, you know, a sci-fi epic or a comic book film epic, you know, a, a movie that, you know, about, you know, the guy who created the A-bomb where people will go, this looks good, but I could wait 45 days to see this at home. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe 100 days, people might, more people at least might go. Okay, yeah, no, I want to see this. I'm going to go and see it now. And I, I would imagine it more has something to do with that. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go for 60 or 90 days. 100 days, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, even I, just 10 100 days. 100 days a lot. Even <laughs> just 10 days more than 90 still seems like, <laughs> yeah. man, you really. Right. I mean, but this film really, you know, we're talking about Dunkirk legs here. Like, this needs to be. He's, he's so old school, you would almost expect. Like, I mean, how long was it? Like, sometimes when we were younger, like a movie would come out before it hit like home video. It was, I think like, it was like 18 months. It was a long time. It was a long time before you got a VHS of a film. Are you kidding me? I can't, I, you know, you imagine a world where Nolan is so old school. Like, yeah, we're doing that window. No, you can't put it on streaming for a year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not hoping it's going to be spectacular for that long but yeah he's hoping that people are going to give in and go see it at the theater but this movie is going to have to be a Dunkirk level film like seriously I mean seriously like like I think it's an intriguing topic but I'm a weirdo I don't think most people are going to be like jonesing to see this movie I think it all depends on how good it, it looks. It really I mean, does you depend. Know, on the surface, yeah, you right. go, oh, he's making a movie about the guy who invented the A-bomb. I go, okay. I mean, if there were anybody else, I'd be like, well, we'll see, I guess. I don't know. But Nolan, I'm all, I'm immediately at least like, well, it doesn't on its surface intrigue me, but it's probably going to be pretty damn interesting. Like, you It's going to have to be. Yeah, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's just I, I think the, the things that jump out 
to me the most is just that 20% on the first dollar gross and the no other movie universal movie can open three weeks before. Yeah. That's actually kind of got me going. Really? It's the, it's the three, it's the no universal films three weeks before. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. But you know what that means though? Like his movie's not going to be around Christmas. Like, it's not going to mm. be a Thanksgiving or Christmas movie. They're not that stupid, and they're not going to put it anywhere near the Fourth of July, because if Universal does another Jurassic, whatever, you know, like it's just it's one of those things. I'm like, it's not going to be if if that's the 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 way they're they're framing this. They're not going to let that movie get released anywhere near a major weekend, right? And then, how great is it going to be? Like, how good is the release going to be then if it's not around a weekend that you normally be like, oh yeah. You know, holiday weekend. Uh, it's interesting. Well, it's just funny too because obviously you're not going to release a, a Fast Ten around the same time as this movie or anything like right. that. Or at that point, it'd be probably like Fast Eleven. But, right. Um, you, you just think that why not even something that would be what you might consider counter programming? Like if there was another uh, Minions movie that came out at the, around that time, like why not? <laughs> Wait, is it really gonna? You expect ten-year-old kids are gonna go? See right. But then also knowing Christopher like, Nolan, why not? but he, not also knowing him, he's gonna want to make sure he's fresh in the minds for Oscar season. So like, right. So that's so I'm it's thinking. like this is gonna be like what a Halloween weekend release. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like if he's got this spacing from other Universal films. Like it'll be interesting to see when they that that release date's gonna be. That's all I can say. It's gonna be interesting. We shall see um, with yeah. that. Um, we're, we're running short on time, but I wanted to go around the table and I'll ask uh, both of you guys and myself, of course, uh, if you have any last things you wanted to talk about or like one, maybe one thing you've been watching that you wanted to at least briefly bring up. Bobby, we'll start with you. Anything? Oh, man, I didn't know you were going to do this. So yeah. I, I didn't have yeah. anything uh, prepared. Um, then off the top, uh, I, I guess I'll say... I saw the controversial movie of the week la- that came out last week, uh, Malignant. Mm. I uh-huh. rather liked it. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what other people think when they have a chance to see it. It's on HBO Max. It's uh, it lives and dies on, on on one of the big elements that happens towards the third act, and and that will determine whether or not you like the film. Um, and I thought it was different and and liked it, and. Um, Real quick, if you like a comedy, one movie that I didn't think I would like at all and had a good time with and laughed a decent amount was uh, Vacation Friends on uh, Hulu with uh, John Cena and Lil Real Howery. And um, I forgot who else is in there, but it was, it was a funnier movie than I expected. And I guess it was good enough for them because they're going to make a sequel of it. So those are my two recommendations, I'd say. Michelle, how about you? Uh, so I'm still watching, um, Nine Perfect Strangers, uh, and it's intriguing. It's definitely getting deep, uh, and it's almost at the end now, if I recall. I think the episode that drops this week is the second to last episode, or it's the last episode. So that's getting interesting, and that's on Hulu. Uh, but the other thing is that on Apple Plus, um, episode one, season two of, uh, The Morning Show dropped, this weekend and it's going to be interesting to see where the season goes because it really is picking up just before COVID hit. So it's like just after the S storm that happens 
within the show itself. And then we're going to compound it and they are going to get into COVID. Like it's going to be a thing. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, <laughs> the, the S storm they were in and the S storm they're about to congrabulate together. is going to be, uh, yeah, it'll be intriguing. Um, well, I was actually going to bring up Malignant, uh, which I watched as well. Um, what did you describe it as, Bobby? The like the controversial film of the moment, or like? Uh, yeah, the yeah. Well, it's not controversial in it's that. Definitely the water cooler like, talk movie doing, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I haven't. I mean, I, I will also admit, up until like the past couple of days, I really haven't been as active on Twitter. And I've, I've kind of jumped back in. I haven't been tweeting anything myself, but I've jumped back in over the past couple of days, like really scrolling through my feed again. So maybe I've been a little out of touch. So I haven't like been paying attention to what like any talk of that movie has been. Um, but I, I will say I also rather enjoyed it. Uh, I was a little unsure for a little bit. And then I mm. settled into like kind of a, almost an attitude about the movie I was watching. And I found that I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, I've I've always been a big fan of like, for example, low budget, like, you know, kind of B level like horror films, you know, for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And, you know, at first I went into this movie maybe with a one mindset. And then once I got into that other mindset of those kind of movies, I was like, this is actually kind of great. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, that's my quick take on it. And yeah, you watched it too michelle so i mean what do you think i did too uh i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) it was okay i'm not the biggest horror person like i like horror movies but they're not like my big big thing it is fine (laughs) yeah that yeah (laughs) and i and i also admit i i watched it i was actually kind of surprised by the way michelle that you wanted to watch it based on the trailer because <laughs> i know i was like hey, we should watch this. I, i'm saying this as a horror movie fan i watched the trailer and i was like yeah like <laughs> like this this trailer doesn't doesn't do a great job i feel like of selling this movie but at the same time after watching it it's one of those movies that i can't imagine how you cut a good trailer for that movie <laughs> So, uh, I, I get why, uh, but then, you know, you see James Wan is attached. So I was like, well, I guess for that reason, I'll check this out. But otherwise I was kind of about it, but I liked it. Um, so that was going to be my one, my one thing I brought up malignant on HBO max still, or is that off HBO max yet? How long is, how long are they keeping those on there? For like a month or yeah, because I think it's uh, it just came out last week. Uh, I don't think it had been oh, out before that. Yeah, that's oh true. no, I think it's running until October seventh. For some reason, that just some popped into that's my head. Clicking. Anyways, uh, as I try oh, to no, quickly it's, it's look, it's thirty it up. days from its release date. That's what it was, and so it actually I think yeah, ends just be. before Halloween. Right. So never mind. Yeah, yeah, just before Halloween. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, it's on HBO. You got March. a good so, month till sometime. Just so, yeah. you know, go check it out. <laughs> Uh, with that, we are going to wrap things up and get out of here. As always, we would love to hear back from all of you listening and watching. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube or Twitch, make sure to comment down below, uh, like, and subscribe, all that good stuff Hit the bell icon over on YouTube, be notified. You know how the, the, the spiel goes. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well at flicker underscore effect. Uh, you can reach out to us there. We would love to hear from you. Uh, with that, I'm David Lott. 
I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching. Thank you.